0: The Film Guide with Max Hartington. Part of the St. Albans Podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide with one and only, the one and only, Max Hartington. Thank you, Danny. I'm happy to be back. You're good. And, uh,
1: not here at my, own, <laughs> not forced here against my own will.
0: No, 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 no. Although <laughs> though you, I have offered uh, him heat if, um, and I don't mean the 1995 movie, I just mean like warmth <laughs> um, if if he does this well. We're both sat in a studio and we're both a little bit cold. We've both got hats, gloves, scarves, Tr- all stuff. Dressed sorts in of. the foggy here, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But We're we pretty ma- far from heat at the moment yes. in terms of uh, films. <laughs> but we will make this work. Uh, so what we do on the old film guide here is we look at Max's um, suggestions for the films to watch on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. We will also pick another f- film that is uh, a classic action film for a, a feature that we call Max's Action Films, where we take action films to the
1: max. You're getting better at that. It's the first time I've read the whole thing the whole way through. I quite like the. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like yeah well done. Um, can I take this home with me, the, you, uh, the you, voice thing? You could listen to it, can't you? You can, can take it home in the form of a podcast. So, so can yeah. the listener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, Howard Linsky now uses that each time and he does it way better. And we always say that, and it just I, shows how often I refuse. you listen. I refuse, I refuse never, to believe it. You've never. I've, once, I've perfected it. You've never once questioned why you're getting slated I, live I'm, on air.
1: I'm the James L. Jones of this one uh, voice modulation thing
0: right actually sure. james
1: l jones does actually just sound like that doesn't
0: he he does largely yeah they didn't <laughs> do a lot to his voice but uh, he's the guy who's the voice of darth vader if you were wondering anyway uh yes yeah, so we have uh, an action film that goes into the category of max's action films we'll be talking about that one a bit later we'll start off though by looking at the new releases on the streaming services and in the cinema now we're just going to talk about one cinematic release this week because it's the biggie tell us Releasing today, Friday, the sixteenth of December. You yeah, don't say today because today may not be the day that people are listening.
1: Releasing Friday, the sixteenth of December. You, you have Avatar: The Way of Water, the long-awaited sequel to James Cameron, Cameron's uh, James, Cameron, James Cameron's uh, two thousand nine film, thirteen years in the making. Uh, this sequel follows uh, the the heroes Jake Sully and Neytiri, who. Well, 13 years after the events of the first film on the, this alien planet Pandora they've, they've formed a family together and are doing everything they can to stay together however they must leave their home and explore the region and things start to get a, a bit well there's a bit of conflict when an ancient threat resurfaces and Jake has to fight a war on two fronts against both the human military who were the sort of spoiler alert the sort of antagonist in the first film and this ancient threat that seems to be threatening the whole sort of uh, native alien species of course I mentioned the director by name none other than the James Cameron who I mean if you look at his uh his reper- his repertoire of uh, sequels
0: that he's made, you've got some pretty big ones in there. So you've got a reason to think this this could be good. Yeah, I mean, he has he is the man responsible for Aliens and Terminator Two: Judgment Day. So well, pretty much the it- two best sequels ever. It- that- that's a bold statement, but they're they- no, 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 no. That's a, that's a, a quite a fair statement I yeah. think to make. I mean, it's a bold statement as to whether they're better than their originals, mm. although some would say they are. But for certainly, he knows how to make a sequel. Yeah. So hopefully,
1: going into this one, you hope that he's um. He's got something, got something, and like we said, uh, he's, he's got 30, he's had
0: 13 years to make this film. So he, th- this should be, everything in it should be going, is that here he wants it? Like we said, off air, so that means nothing to the listener, by the way. But yes, like meant we 13, said. I mean, yeah. You have been broadcasting for longer than you show sometimes. <laughs> you do remember that, don't you? Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, the, the, I, I saw the original Avatar and it was mainly it was it was sort of you know the, all the pomp and ceremony was about the mm-hmm. this wonderful world that they created about all the the cg effects of it and how um it was very immersive and 3d yeah um when you got beyond that i didn't think there was much left
1: yeah it's um w- what did people call it they called it uh, dancing with wolves but with smurfs for a while Yeah. in terms of the whole thing of you know somebody yeah because these
0: alien creatures things were blue weren't they yeah r- 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 big big blue like what
1: 12 foot tall uh, aliens uh that sort of follow this whole there's this whole they live the the natural way of life on the planet where they're, they're in peace with the animals and things like that and of course the uh well the military comes along and decides that they want to claim <laughs> to this day i only just remembered on the spot that they're trying to claim the unobtainium that's underneath the tree <laughs> of the the alien civilization <laughs> Yeah. I mean it's 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 good. It's got um, It's got
0: some of the recur- returning cast, hasn't it though? Uh, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver and Stephen Lang who are all in the original yeah, one. Yeah, everyone's there. Um, I see Kate Winslet's in this as well. Was she, I can't remember if she was in the original.
1: I don't believe she was, no. I think uh, Kate Winslet is appearing as a new member of the of the of the, of the, the Avatar race.
0: Right. Is she what is she from unobtanium? Or don't give a <laughs> damn, yeah. She might be been yeah. name just there. We've got... Yeah. Uh, Couldn't care less here, just down the road, yeah? Is that where she's from? <laughs> Stop, he's going to be taking ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a copy right <laughs> these. Cameron's going to pick them. Quick, quick, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, um, it's... And also, there's already been some reviews to uh, this movie. Uh, a little bit mixed. It's coming off as a mixed
1: bag at the moment. Of course, every single review is praising the visuals in this film because it is probably going to look really fantastic. I mean... Uh, it's the CGI I, I do appreciate that there's this eff- effort put into the avatar world of like designing you know the creatures and the planet I, I distinctly remember the shots in the first one 13 years ago where there's these like floating mountains and everything so there's the clearly like the set the well it's not really a set it's, it's CGI but I think the the scenes the film is very much designed to be looked at cinematically in that sort of front but yeah it seems to be a lot uh, I believe one of the reviews I saw out right here called it a, a really really nice looking screensaver <laughs>
0: Is uh, the way to go into this film. Wow. And and James Cameron has made four movies, is that right? And they're all being released now back to back? You're looking at me like I, you've never heard this before. I, I believe that part of the reason why it's been taken so long for this film to come out is because he's make he's made a load of them and he didn't... See, I knew he was making all the sequels, but I don't know if his plan... Is his plan to release them one every year now? I don't know I, thought, I don't know the frequency with which they're being released, but I know that there is... Uh, he's been working on Avatar 3, 4, and 5. Because he wants to have the whole sort of series, doesn't he? Oh. For, according to... Uh, it
1: seems that Avatar 3 is scheduled 2024 currently. So I guess the plan is to... The 13-year gap was put in there to make it so they're coming out frequently now. Because I know, like you said, he, there were plans for a 2, 3, 4, and 5. So uh, is this one going to... Is this film going to focus on establishing
0: you know avatar 3 or is it going to stand on its own two feet uh well i don't know i mean he's he's creating a a, a franchise isn't he and a a whole new world and all that striking while the iron is (laughs) dead hot (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so the it looks like they're coming out two years apart avatar 4 scheduled for 2026 and um yeah avatar 5 i'm guessing then is 2028 some of us may not be alive by then (laughs) (laughs) i mean i was i was 12 years old when the first film came out, I'm in a completely different
1: stage of my life compared to compared to you. Not um, really, are you? No, that's I've still. It's of, not a lot. Different. I have. I'll have you know, I've got the
0: mentality of a 13 year old as a yeah. fully grown man. But yeah, yeah, you are. You you are a, 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 a prepubescent boy trapped in a man's body, aren't you? <laughs> much. You are big. You're the <laughs> yeah. personification of the Tom. Was it the Tom Hanks movie? That, that is Max. There is actually. I'm. I'm just Tom. When Hanks. they call him Big Max, that's what they mean. <laughs> anyway, roll up the piano. Uh, yeah. Avatar. What's this one called? Avatar. And the it's Way of like Water. Colon something or other. Colon The Way of Water. Yeah. Colonoscopy or something. Avatar. The Way of the wa- uh, The Way of Water. Avatar The Way of Water is out. I can't wait. You can probably tell. I can't <laughs> wait. It's out on Friday the 16th we're of actually, December. We'll leave, leave it straight after this podcast to go and watch it. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not. Let's not lie to the listener. No. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything dismissive about this film because I've not seen anything. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen it. I don't just, know. And you never know. I mean, the first one was okay. Yeah. And maybe this one will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how many trillion it costs to make this movie as well, but I'm sure it's all money well spent. <laughs> Shall we uh, go for a break and come back in a minute? Go on then, let's go. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Subalways podcast with Danny Smith. Let's look at releases now on the streaming services and just one to tell you about this week, uh, which is coming out on the 16th of December on Prime Video and it is Nanny.
1: Uh, this film is a drama type of a horror that explores the American dream through a first generation immigrant experience. Uh, it stars uh, Anna Diop, Michelle Monaghan, uh,
0: who is Julia from Mission Impossible. I think and, you might know her as. And Anna Diop is in Titans. Oh. She is a uh, starfire. Starfire in Titans. In Titans. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, she. Uh, what else has she done? Uh, she was in Us which is Jordan oh, Peel.
1: All right, which, funnily enough, uh, once I read the summary of this film too, you, might think there's a bit of a connection that's going on there. Okay. Uh, the film tells the story of an immigrant nanny Aisha, who is uh, piecing together a new life in New York while caring for the child of an Upper East Side family. Uh, she's forced to confront a concealed truth that threatens to shatter her precarious American dream. And the way that's taken the form is, there's having watched the trailer, there's some sort of visuals that represent these forces that are haunting her, tied to, they, they seem to say it's tied to this sort of, like, african spiritualism there's this spirit haunting her so it feels very on the note of jordan peele it does feel very much like we've got a film here that is exploring um sort of the horrors of identity in being you know a first generation immigrant who's a who's a nurse who's dealing with uh, everything that's going on but also dealing with like this past following you as well it seems to be but um it does it does seem like an interesting one having talked about that Okay.
0: In terms of, I mean, but I like my horror, so. Yeah, I do, but I'm I'm always disappointed by many that I see. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised, but uh, I always go into a horror hopeful. Yeah, and then leave this. I think mean, it's this more sort of experimental horror genre that's come out ever since um, Get Out, isn't it? Where yeah, I mean that was really good. Yeah, that was that was so well done. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, you got as you say there Michelle Monaghan who you uh, said was in, in yeah whatever, but uh, was also <laughs> and other films. Yeah, but <laughs> Gone Baby Gone, which was quite of uh, a, 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 quite an acclaimed film. Uh, she was also in Pixels, uh, Kiss Kiss uh, Bang cellulite, Bang, cellulite. which is a really good film. Yes, yeah, uh, a Source Code. Which Jake was Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's she's done a few a uh, few different things. Uh, but um, the other the other cast member that whose name I recognised though I had to look him up was Morgan Spector. Morgan Spector, and he was in there was a film about the the guy who inspired Rocky, uh, a guy called Chuck Wepner. Yes, there's a film called Chuck, and um, Leave Schreiber plays Chuck, and 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 what happened... So there's a real guy called Chuck Wepner who. Uh, effectively challenged Muhammad Ali to a mm. fight. When Muhammad Ali was a heavyweight boxing champion of the world, he couldn't find a worthy competitor. Of his and he put out a call saying, anyone wants to have a go, if you're a boxer, I'll consider it. And this guy stepped forward. He was a, I think he was what they called a journeyman. He'd, he'd fought loads and loads of times, never won very many. <laughs> you know. Uh, and he wasn't considered to be that good a boxer. And he went up against Muhammad Ali for, wasn't the, afraid. for the heavyweight championship of the world. Now he didn't win, but he went 15 rounds. Did he,
1: did he get a punch in at least?
0: Uh yes, 15, he, he 15 rounds actually. He knocked, that's very he knocked him down at one point. And for many people, he was the real winner. And Sylvester Stallone apparently so the legend goes, was in the was in the crowd that night, went home 3 days later, had a draft for Rocky. But <laughs> which was, you know, borrowed that's, from that's that story. Inspiring. Yeah, and this is about the real life guy, Chuck Wepner, yeah. who also at one point had um, a, a staged fight against a bear. <laughs> and, um, and he also uh, famously fought against a wrestler. I think it was Andre the Giant who was oh, a wrestler wow. from back in the day. Uh, and, and, and that element of his life was also used in a Rocky film where Rocky fought against Hulk Hogan uh, for a charity match, although it was Hulk Hogan was playing a different... He wasn't playing himself. Not yet. playing himself,
1: yeah. not the Hulk Hogan. No,
0: uh, it, it was, well, it was Hogan, the actor. The Hulk Hogan, but was not playing Hulk t- yeah, Hogan. Yeah, he was playing Thunderlips, is, is the name of the uh, the wrestler he went up against. <laughs> I can't think why I didn't stick with that. No. I suspect that WWF possibly owned the name Hulk Hogan, and um, so they didn't just,
1: use... That, that sounds like a bit of a corporate thing. On, on the note of names, though, I just want to take a moment to say... That, well, well, I did listen, Morgan Spector is pretty much one of the coolest names somebody can have. Do you think that's someone that chose that, or is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, but but so my point. So he was um, he was in the film Chuck. Mm. He played Sylvester Stallone. Oh, in the movie Chuck. Because because Sylvester Stallone is a part of that person's story and and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah he well what's weird is in the movie he looks pretty small and he looks pretty slight because Stallone is a bit bulkier <laughs> um, but but yeah he plays Stallone in in that movie um, but Chuck is a great film if if you ever get That's, a chance that, to that watch sounds it sounds like it's worth watching uh, Naomi Watts I think play is also in it she plays his wife um, or girlfriend or, or whatever something like that ah. uh, but but yeah Lee Schreiber is 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 great as this bloke and and it is such a Fascinating story. And and the most outrageous bits of it they claim are absolutely true. Like really? him fighting a bear apparently <laughs> really did happen.
1: You can't sensationalise that.
0: Anyway, that's not this film, but Morgan Spector, who was in that film, is in this film, and this film is uh Nanny, which probably wasn't quite as interesting as the talk that we've just given about <laughs> it, but you never know, it could be quite good. We shall we shall see. Anyway, uh, that one comes out on the sixteenth of December on Prime Video. I'm Elspeth Jackman inviting you to listen to my podcast one-to-one with Elspeth find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about if I'm fascinated so will you be each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell and the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to storbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of The St. Albans Podcast in association with The Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest we've reached that point in the show when it is time for Max's Action Films where he likes to take his action films to the max yeah, yeah I, I I'm you're getting don't, don't jinx it but I'm, I'm yeah.
1: feeling you know I've yeah. nearly a year I'm now well, well my done craft. Yeah. 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 yeah you get there there's a little Christmas present for everybody else me not, me not flubbing it as much Maybe. you are more than welcome
0: <laughs> watch me flub this entire segment now so this is the point in the film where p- point in the show where uh max hartington chooses an action movie max likes his action movies and uh each time he puts a one that he believes is a classic uh to, to he puts it front and center for us to consider as a movie that we should watch and you've gone for an interesting choice i think so tell yeah. us about this this week what well, i film. wanted to
1: bring to you uh the, the action film of choice for this segment this week is none other than Die Hard with a Vengeance or Die
0: Hard 3 as some people well it's uh, the third Die it. Hard film but it yeah. was always known as Die Hard die with, with a Vengeance, Vengeance yeah. so, so I think it's interesting because yeah. Die Hard is an obvious choice for Max's action yeah. films the sequels people might think well no I don't know about those see a lot of
1: people have I mean we've talked previously about Die Hard 2, Die Hard 2 is Die Harder die, die Harder uh, Die Hard is you know Die Hard one bit in an an airport I think Die Hard of a Vengeance is really exciting because it takes John McClane it takes the whole sort of die hard world of these uh, European terrorists and uh, all of their their schemes sort of thing but I think it takes so much more of an interesting setting than just being in an airport or in in Nacotomy Tower it It takes so this time uh, all of New York is the playground for the destruction in this one and it just leads to so many good so many good situations and scenarios and it also, um, it's uh, he's cast alongside Samuel L. Jackson, who everyone knows Samuel L. Jackson. I think it also, it gives, I mean, while, of course, um, while uh, Alan Rickman is a really good foil to John in a, the, the first Die Hard, this time we get somebody who's a foil to John, but it's someone, I think you, Samuel L. Jackson is playing this every man who gets put in there with John. And it just leads to all sorts of like reactions to what's become normal for John McClane. Samuel L. Jackson sat there just going, what is going on? What is? This, why is this happening? Why are people threatening to blow up so many different things?
0: Yeah, so... Um, w- It's so, it's the second sequel. It's the first sequel to be directed by the original director, John Mm. McTiernan. Yes. Who who has made some classic movies in his time as well. Yeah. Um, You're looking at me and nodding. I've got a feeling if I ask you to name three, you're going to struggle. I can name three. Go on then. Uh, Last Action
1: Hero, Uh, The First Die Hard, (laughs) Die Hard with a Vengeance.
0: Nailed it. (laughs) Predator. Of course. The Hunt for Red October? Yes. Oh, were you saying, of course, like, like, of course you knew this? I didn't actually know who did Predator. I, I love right. Predator, but I didn't know. The Thomas Crown Affair, the Piers Brosnan one? I haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's, that's a good film. P- Piers Brosnan and Rene Russo. It's a remake of a 1960s film called The Thomas Crown Affair yeah. that had Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Oh, right. Uh, and, and some would argue, and I think I'd say the same, possibly better than better. the original. Piers Brosnan uh, is, uh, is an art... Th- he's a millionaire who's bored, so he decides he's going to steal a work of art. And Rene Russo is an insurance investigator who's convinced he's about to steal this work of art, and she's trying to track him down. And, and But at the same time, they fall in love. And, oh, you know, of course they do. Yeah. But he's planning his heist while he's wooing her.
1: <laughs> but John, John McTiernan, very well established, and he does a great job with this one. This is just thrill by the moment and the whole um there's this whole sort of mystery aspect of course because we have the the villain who is got playing who calls himself simon doing the simon says like making them chase clues all around the, the city driving around and all this mayhem while threatening to blow stuff up uh, and on the note of the villain uh, we've got so alan rickman everyone knows alan rickman in die hard like he's a great bad guy everyone loves him i think bold claim here, but I think that the bad guy here played by none other than the Jeremy Irons uh, playing uh, Simon in this one I think he is equal to Alan Alan Rickman or Hans Gruber I, I think he is he does such a good job and he's not just Alan Rickman with a new dash of paint he's sort of he's this he's less suave I think he's more quirky but he does just he's just such a joy to watch and hear his voice
0: so, so it's no real spoiler to sort of say how, in fact, it turns out that Alan Rickman's character is related to um, uh, Alan Rick. Uh, so, uh, Alan, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons and Alan Rickman's characters are related. That yes. links them as well in the movie because then there's, uh, it, you know, that adds a dimension to it. But again, it's a British actor playing a, a, a German um, villain. And, and does it, he does it rather well. You, you, you're not thinking, oh, because in the, in the early nineties, there was suddenly a, a whole raft of, of, of English actors playing dastardly villains yeah. in Hollywood movies to l- varying degrees of success. And a lot of the time you were thinking, they couldn't afford Alan Rickman, yeah. could they? <laughs> they've gone with that person because they couldn't afford Alan Rickman. You don't think that with Jeremy Irons. Yeah. You do feel they've picked a very worthy English actor and they've given him a good part. Yeah, they've,
1: they've really given him his chance to just have fun with it.
0: Also, I think... That, Die Hard 2, I, I'm with you. I think this is the best of the sequels, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And, and I think Samuel L. Jackson helps uh, elevate the movie somewhat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the storyline, the plot, I think was pretty clever. And I thought in the way that Die Hard, you felt very claustrophobic. So it was all set in that one building in yeah, the exactly. Haskatomi Plaza. You feel equally claustrophobic with this one even though it's set in yeah. new york city well, i think even though they're, they're out and about they're still constrained aren't yeah they? and so you feel you feel that yeah. element of claustrophobia with the one in the airport it didn't really feel that in the same way no. it wasn't you know but i think
1: the pacing in the air is it's it's pacing isn't it Yes. Yeah. die hard is scene to scene to scene to scene every little thing he's in an air vent and now he's uh in the in the workshop and now they're swinging on chains and fighting each other and then two sort of just a bit oh he's he's going through the vents he's he's, he's going through the vents again yeah. oh he's in the waterway oh look the, the plane's going now and then the, the, there's the highlight of, of Die Hard 2 which is the icicle bit but, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, Die Hard 3 is just you, no, there's no pause to breathe and no. if you are pausing to breathe it's Samuel Jackson is Gonna make you laugh, and then the next thing is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, and it's very well paced. Even, and even the ending, even yeah. the ending of this film is um, you think that you think that everything's gonna end peacefully, and they're gonna let things go, and then it ends with another action scene with a, he- a helicopter.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's a great. It's a great movie. It's a worthy successor to to Die Hard, uh, and it is the best of the the sequels. Although I also thought that the fourth one was quite good. The, uh, the three one, Die Hard. Yeah, the one where, with Timothy Oliphant as yes. the villain, where there was like it was a cyber crime, wasn't it? And it was to do with the internet, and <sighs> and that was quite quite an interesting premise and um it it was it was well done um the fifth one i don't think i got all the way through it it's one of those few movies in my life where i just not bothered watching you, you know it, oh, it pains me because your...
1: the, the fifth die hard supposedly is the, is the first uh, script ever written specifically for die hard rather than rather than being a script adapted for die hard and it just hurts
0: me even more that it's it is the most boring it's, it's really bad isn't it <laughs> it's really bad So, um, little-known fact here, but so uh, Die Hard is based on a book which was called Nothing Lasts Forever, Mm. and it was written by a a guy called Roderick Thorpe. Yeah. Roderick Thorpe wrote two novels featuring the John McClane character, and both have been turned into movies. But not Die Hard films? But, uh, so the second one was Die Hard. Ah. Uh, Nothing Lasts Forever was turned into Die Hard, and was about a, a police officer who who ends up in the i don't know whether it's called the nakatomi plaza but it is ends up in a in a thick in a building a high-rise building on christmas eve and terrorists take over it and he has to sort it all out so it's actually fairly similar to the story um the 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 first one was called the detective detective. which was then turned into a movie of the same name and can you guess who played the john mcclain part in the first one i'll give you a clue very, very famous singer and actor. Very, very famous singer and very, actor. Very, very, very famous singer and actor. 1968 May? the movie came 1968, out. 1968,
1: very famous singer I'm struggling. Singer and actor.
0: Shall I give you a clue? Give me a hint. Uh, he was um, uh, he was part of the Rat Pack.
1: Oh, I, I know exactly who you mean, but, but it's gone...
0: He, oh, he, he liked he, to do things... Frank Sinatra, his, Frank Sinatra. His way, yeah. Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra played the character originally. They changed the name of the character so he wasn't called John McLean in the film The Detective. Because otherwise people would have... But, but it was... Well, well, I don't know why they changed it. I was, was going to say, because,
1: cause otherwise people would say, hang on a minute, in about 30 years' time there's going to be another film with Bruce Yeah, Bruce,
0: yeah, Bruce Willis, Willis who's, who's possibly barely born now. <laughs> yeah, we have better change it for that. Yeah, yes, Max, you've not thought that through. But, but yeah, so... And in, in the sequel book, Nothing Lasts Forever, which became Die Hard. Yes. The, the main plot difference was that he was visiting his daughter, not his wife. Oh. And he was an older man and, and Sinatra oh, well that's, well that's what you do was older when he played mind. it. But yes, yeah, so so if you've ever seen the movie from nineteen sixty eight The Detective, that is the first on screen appearance of the character that we know as John McClain. Wow. Yeah. That is, a, that is a nice bit of trivia there. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah. So, so it, it's Br- Bruce, Bruce Willis was technically the second person to play that character. Yeah. The first person with that name, but the second person. Anyway, there you go. So, your choice Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's the film for Max's action films for this month. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St. podcast with Danny Smith. We've reached the final part of this week's film guide, where we look at Max's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the week ahead. We start off with Friday the 16th of December, Channel 4, 11.55pm, only just Friday, but it's Snatch.
1: Already a good start to the week, was all I can say. It's the first day of the film guide, and you have one of my absolute favourite films ever, Snatch. Absolutely fantastic. Um, pretty much uh, Guy Ritchie, who everyone will know the sort of the 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 Godfather of uh, British uh, or let's say West, End, uh, West East, End East End East End that's what I meant yeah East End gangster films yeah. uh, about a uh, bunch, bunch of London actors
0: you know Ma- of Ma- Max as point. you'll know is hood ready I believe yeah, that's that, the phrase that, isn't that is it? exactly you, are hood it. Ready. you know I turned down
1: yeah. uh, a cameo in his latest uh, yeah. in his latest film because he's actually going back to London for because
0: you're course. too much of a geezer yeah. for him yeah
1: I, I, I can put it on if I need to can you
0: yeah you bought that go on then oh, I'm scared now I can't do a command like that.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> alright so this film talks about unscrupulous boxing promoters violent bookmakers a Russian gangster incompetent amateur robbers and supposedly Jewish jewelers trying to track down a
0: priceless stolen diamond that was more convincing than hey. when Hugh Grant did it I'll give you that because <laughs> <laughs> you are you, you, you are know? Hugh Grant's voice stunt double aren't I'll you I'll take that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I play yeah. I play sometimes do you, ever get a, do you ever get a stunt man for like voice roles yeah it must be can you imagine like doing I don't know like maybe The Rock could have used a stunt a stunt singer for For us was it Moana (laughs) was that what he did it might have been yeah I feel like it's something he would try himself though isn't it he did it was awful he's not really a singer (laughs) Anyway, uh, right. So, Snatch. Uh, so, uh, as Guy Ritchie films go, you think it's right I, up there. I, I think it's the best one.
1: I think I think it, this is the the best film by Guy Ritchie. I think Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels introduces what he's capable of doing, and Snatch just gives him a bit more budget and to, to have this this wide cast of characters who are all you know we've got all these interesting characters who tread on each other's toes and just constantly are
0: r- you know roughing each other up with all of their interactions. Yeah, it's interesting that one of his frequent collaborators is Jason Statham, and I believe that until quite quite recently he'd never used Jason Statham in an action way in any of his movies i think is it the most recent collaboration between them i think it was a bit more of an action film for statham but in in all the others he's not you know like in this it's one it wasn't talker, an action role it? was yeah. it it was just a, a straight acting yeah. role well i think um,
1: th- you know Jason Statham he's got this you know he's got the transporter and things like that where he's, he's seen these actions. yeah but, but
0: these films probably launched his career I mean yeah. certainly the fir- the Lockstock was, was possibly one of the first movies that Jason Statham did yeah um, before he, he c- could known for doing you know throwing a kick and a punch <laughs> anyway Snatch and nice of course movie. Mike Reed's in it it's from EastEnders yeah you not really I don't know if you I, remember I, him I from know EastEnders. which I know which
1: character that is but I, yeah.
0: I know who you're referring to but yeah. I don't know him from
1: EastEnders unfortunately
0: yeah. <laughs> oh i really cool I could, I could audition for the for this stuff again. Oh, I treacle! If we
1: if we, give, if we keep you know big enough snatch, we can see if we paid, get cost.
0: paid, paid, That's what he used to shout a lot, wasn't it? He was married <laughs> to Pat Butcher, wasn't he? Well, he was Frank Butcher. That's why. Married a yes, he was a pilchard. Anyway, uh, yeah, Snatch, 11.55pm, if you want your Cockney geezer sort of stuff, then 11.55pm, Channel 4 Snatch is the movie for you on Friday the 16th of December. Saturday the 17th of December, an absolute tour de force, what a movie. Every single cast, all-star cast, every single one of them playing to perfection. Channel 4, 9pm, Knives Out. Uh, This film tells the story of a detective
1: investigating the death of the patriarch of an eccentric, uh, eccentric, uh, combative family. This is pretty much, um, I I think it's very very much a a film that's about Cluedo, where they just absolutely, like you said, they just stack the cast full of really... just stack the cast with a really interesting characters and actors, and then they throw them throw in yeah. a murder, and of course, who else is going to come and solve the murder? But none other than uh, Daniel Craig himself. Yeah, with the, the the best
0: accent I've ever heard him put on in his. Uh, I mean, whole you, you, you say Cluedo, and I was about to sort of rip it out of you for that but then i thought well no i guess so it's a, it's a murder mystery in a country yeah. house but this is very agatha christie yes very agatha christie they make lots of nods to agatha christie and 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 unashamedly you know th- this was a a celebration an homage to to uh to some of her work and and the titular character—he's not the titular character because he's not called Mister Nice is he? You're doing what I've done now. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> that I've done the other week, before. but uh, but the um, the character that Daniel Craig plays, the lead character, Mr. Uh, Benoit it, Blanc. Yeah, yeah, Benoit Blanc, uh, Blanc yeah. wasn't it? Not Blanc
1: Well. It's, uh, Ben Wahlbron
0: in his popcorn, accent. It's yeah. So he plays a guy who who's got this kind of Southern Louisiana, yeah. uh, New Orleans sort of yeah. drawl, isn't he? And he, he sounds a little bit French. It's, it's a it is a nod to Hercule Poirot in a in a way. He's, yeah. He seems a little bit eccentric. He's, he's he's somebody clearly that they all underestimate. They don't think he's mm. as smart as he appear, as, as as he shows he is. Um, but but also Agatha Christie adaptations were very well known for all-star casts and not just the old ones because the Kenneth Branagh adaptations have also enjoyed all-star casts as well Massive but it was this kind ones. of thing and and just looking at this cast list as well it, it is so incredible you've got um Anna de Armas who's become something of a real rising star now mm. um Jamie Lee Curtis and Don John- Don Johnson's Don Johnson. in it. Don Johnson from Miami Vice, back in the eighties, and he's still alive. And he, you know, he's looking he's good. He's doing on a great it. job here. Christopher Plummer, yeah. of course, is yeah. playing
1: uh, the the patriarch of the
0: family. Yeah, um, you've got Michael Shannon in there and Tony Collette, and of course Chris Evans,
1: who I think steals the show in this yeah. film. Every single scene he's in, he's just.
0: Yeah, He's just chewing the this, this is Captain America, Chris Evans, not Virgin Radio, Chris Evans. We've all heard about that, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's it's got yeah, some some great uh, supporting cast members in there who who are just mm. they're just wonderfully delicious. They they just they, they there's something about the whole movie. It's sumptuous. It's funny there's one bit where they're trying to get rid of a piece of wood that's a vital bit of evidence and the the girl throws it when the the guy's not looking and then the dog goes and fetches it and (laughs) brings it back to her and it's just hilarious it's so good it's so clever it's Uh, really it's it's, really
1: it's just it, everything about it is just really well written, really yeah. well filmed, and,
0: and it's unashamedly is what it is. It yeah. is uh, a, 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 an old style murder mystery, and mm-hmm. you know, and he gathers the, the, everyone together at the end, and he goes to who it is and why it is, yeah. and he, you know, just like it's, did it, it's it. very, it's very self aware, isn't it? But it uses it in such a good way. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this is of course being shown because there is um, a, a second Knives Out movie On that's the way.
1: out out in Boxing a, Day. Out, uh, it's out the 23rd of December oh, that's It's going to okay. be out Just on Netflix And then it's had a short
0: run out in cinemas recently as well Yes, yeah, which will help to it Put first. it on the circuit yeah, it makes it eligible for awards. Yeah. <laughs> should it should it be up for any? Uh, but but the yes, there's a second Knives Out movie. It's called Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, yeah. and uh, out on the 23rd of December on Netflix. If you just mentioned there, different all star cast this yeah. time, but still with Daniel Craig as, as as the the, the central well, character. it's like you said. If, it, if it's carrying the whole uh, Poirot
1: Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie, yeah, Agatha Christie sort of. Uh, style then it makes sense to you know take the detective put him in a new uh fantastic environment full of uh eccentric millionaires with yeah. quirky personality that's
0: it and daniel craig's in there um same director again ryan johnson um edward norton's in it kate hudson dave bautista um who, I,
1: I do love a bit of bautista
0: i believe dave bautista's made this isn't this is at least his second movie that he's done with Jack, daniel craig oh of course he's done james bond with him yeah yeah because he was in spectre wasn't yeah. he yeah i th- i think he was one of the best parts of spectre when I he thought he was playing the henchman. I thought he was one of many people in that movie that was criminally underused. Mm. I was Mm-mm. very disappointed. I thought that film could have been a lot more than it Pretty was. Much the way, it's the way it's Because the spectre, he went fairly quickly, yeah. you know. And you thought, oh, he's coming back. Yeah. They're going to bring him like Jaws. The way yeah, that they yeah. used to. Jaws seemingly but, kept dying and then kept re- reappearing later it, in the movie. He's hyped up it, as a sort of George. Cap- george george's character isn't he Can't yeah he really didn't have much. metal teeth he had metal fingernails didn't yeah. he and you thought yeah he'll be back and he wasn't no. monica bellucci for all the p- publicity about her being the oldest bong girl ever 10 minutes in that uh, film less than 10 less i think 10 yeah. yeah and then you th- and then and she that, didn't even go anywhere she just do stayed. not do not get me started on christopher walken in that
1: film as well not christopher walken christopher Christoph waltz. waltz christopher walken was not in that film no don't get me started
0: on Chris- christopher walken Chris- was interviewed to a kill yeah hey
1: don't get me started on uh, Christoph Waltz in that film, though, because I, I could go on for an hour about how I feel that you have such an incredible actor who got told to do the most boring work he's, he's ever done. He, Christoph Waltz is known for playing these eccentric characters, and yeah. they told him to turn up in his pyjamas and
0: uh, just sort of talk, talk in his normal accent. Very disappointed. <sighs> but, but you know what didn't disappoint? Knives Out Knives Out which was such a great movie such a, such a five star movie if ever there is such a mm-hmm. thing uh, yeah so well worth a watch and that one is on Saturday the 17th of December Channel 4 9pm let's move to Sunday the 18th of December on the Paramount Channel at 10.05pm Unforgiven Absolutely fantastic, uh, number of films on this week. Uh, this film
1: is, of course, a, a Clint Eastwood one, uh, 1993, tells us, st- 1992 even, tells the story of a retired gunslinger, William Money, who reluctantly takes on one last job with the help of his old partner, uh, Ned Logan and a young man, the Showfield kid. Uh, and it just sort of tells, uh, this story of, you know, this old, this old, uh, cowboy who is forced to pick up his boots again and travel, travel around to hunt a Bounty. Uh, of course, uh, Clint Eastwood uh, written, directed, and starring. And this one uh, comes up against a uh, Gene. No,
0: I don't believe he not wrote written. it, but he, he was certainly the producer and the director uh, of it. Pro- uh, and he did the. I think he did part of the musical score. Really, I mean, Clint Eastwood he's, he's the one man
1: film machine, isn't he? He does. He he's got his studio, and he can. He's not going to let being in his nineties slow him down no. either. He's probably probably. Out and about doing more than me in my 20s compared to his 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: only hope my, my 30s can be as exciting as uh, Clint Eastwood's hundreds. Oh, who knows? Um, but, but this film as well won four Oscars. Uh, Best Picture for Clint Eastwood, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Gene Cat Hackman, uh, Best Director for Clint Eastwood, and Best Film Editing as well. Mm. Uh, and and um, it was nominated for a bucket load. As uh, it, it got nominated for a further one, two, three, five. Yeah. So it was up for nine Oscars and it won four of them. Uh, which is which is quite impressive. It's it's great, but also great supporting cast uh, and and quite an old supporting cast. You don't often get a movie where you have like the four lead four lead actors who yeah. are first listed on the posters all being as old as they were. Um, but you know Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman, and Richard Harris yeah. uh, for for very old. Um, you know uh, Hollywood legends really I, all of
1: them. I suppose it seems like it's a sort of it's revisiting the western genre I suppose in the 90s where it wasn't quite as uh, as big as it was previously so then to sort of to revisit with these older men
0: and consider what happens when they retire and they can't really escape the life it was felt in some ways that it rejuvenated the western genre that that westerns had sort of gone away in the 70s, and then yeah. Clint bought them back in the 90s. And then you also, but you also had Dances with Wolves, which might have been a year or so before, actually. Yeah. Um, there were other films out there. Although I did see a great thing that some, um, journalist wrote where he said, uh, he, he said, yeah, he said, um, Hollywood stopped making westerns, uh, in the 70s, but, but no one sent Clint, Clint the memo <laughs> because he, he carried on making them in the <laughs> he, 70s he and stopped. the 80s. He's making them in the noughties. Yeah. You know? He made and one, he made one in, in the at least one in the eighties, he'd won in nineteen eighty five. Pale Rider, mm. which is a very good movie uh, as well. Uh, but but yeah, Unforgiven, arguably his finest western. It's brilliant. And yeah. it,
1: it just looks. I, I, there's so many good shots in this film. Is all I can think about is there's there's one particular that I can
0: think of it, where it's raining and and Clint's walking through this town and oh. it it looks sumptuous and yeah. and and. and yeah, it's it's such such a great cast, he's such good at, a great he's good cast, at his craft, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's Unforgiven. Now, I mentioned about the music for Unforgiven. Uh the the music was um I'm trying to find the uh List of credits because to, 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 there's a guy who he often collaborated with called Lenny Newhouse, mm. uh, who might have been the composer of the, the the music overall. But Clint did collaborate with him. Yeah, the music was by Lenny Newhouse, who was an, a frequent Clint collaborator. But they they wrote between them a theme that was used in the movie. Mm. And I was watching the TV series Yellowstone. The Kevin oh, Costner movie yes yeah and uh, the Kevin Costner series and a very good series by the way if anyone is interested but um, there's a bit in that in one of the episodes near the beginning where somebody's running a horse on the road out in the middle of nowhere and I recognised this music and I thought where do I know that from and I used the old Shazam on my phone mm-hmm. and it said it was someone's theme I can't remember the name now but somebody's theme by Clint Eastwood and Lenny Newhouse so when <laughs> I looked at the, the little artwork for it it was the cover of Unforgiven and so they used it more money that. for you maybe and Kevin Costner and Clint Eastwood made a movie together in the 90s uh, and Clint directed it and Kevin Costner starred in it and it was called A Perfect World oh. and Clint was in it as well and he was uh, Kevin Costner was on the run and um, Clint Eastwood was the, the sort of the, the cop um, or, or the local sheriff sort of chasing him but also had a respect for him at the same time and oh. it was called A Perfect World and I wonder if yeah. from that maybe they became friends and maybe then he allowed him to use his music in, in his t- TV series Brilliant <laughs> but yeah, the very good, if, that's another good movie if you've never seen it. Just, a perfect just that one right
1: now, yeah, Kevin Costner, he's with Laura Dern.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Uh, not, uh, <laughs> where do we go from that uh, Unforgiven. <laughs> <I don't> even- <laughs> Paramount Channel, 10.05pm, Sunday the 18th of December. Monday the 19th of December, 12.15pm on Film 4, lunchtime. Are some schools broken up by now or... Oh, I think we're, we might be getting there at this point. But most I'm just wondering like, why they put a film like this on at lunchtime on a Monday. But most, maybe I some places, it might be that some
1: place, if you balance your inset
0: days, some yeah. schools manage to get out a bit early. Yeah, yeah. Maybe different parts of the country, they might have finished earlier. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Shrek. Shrek. Film uh, 4, 12.15pm. I mean, this one's just a riot to watch every single
1: time. I, uh, this film, it sounds really tacky saying it, but it does have something for everyone. If you watch this film, I guarantee everyone, everyone you, you put in front of this will find at least something to laugh about it. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, tells the story, of course, about um, Shrek the Ogre, who is the most... Uh, grumpy, like middle-aged man on the planet, gets annoyed when his swamp gets filled with other, other fairy tale creatures, and decides to go on a quest to uh, talk to the king, uh, who's sorted all of that uh, in the most begrudging way possible. Uh, you might know Mike Myers uh, plays Shrek in this one, doing his uh, his Scottish accent. So it's
0: or... animated, and these are the the people behind the voices. Yes,
1: yeah, uh, but you've got uh, the voices of uh, voices of Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow,
0: so plenty of people in that one just there but it's just it's very well written and like yeah. you said something there for everyone uh and kids of all ages will enjoy it yeah uh, so it, that's it
1: inverses a lot of inverses a lot of stuff that people think see going in isn't it yeah,
0: yeah yeah and this is a dreamworks thing uh, uh, and dreamworks are very much set up to be like the anim- animation house rivals to disney yeah uh, and and Know how to knock out a good animated film, and, and Shrek, there, uh, absolute classic. Mm. That's uh, film 4 four, twelve fifteen pm on Monday the nineteenth of December. Let's move to Tuesday the twentieth of December, nine pm on Great Movies, Whiplash.
1: Well, Whiplash. Whiplash tells the story of a, a promising young drummer who enrolls at a cutthroat music a, uh, conservatory, where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an Is that a conservatoire. Conservatoire. <laughs> where his dreams of greatness. We need are a school mental. teacher here, really, don't we? <laughs> I'm better with words than me A promising young drummer Enrolls at a cutthroat Music school Where his dreams of greatness Are mentored by an instructor Who will stop at nothing To realise the student's potential Of course the drummer himself Played by
0: Miles Teller And the tutor played by J.K. Simmons In I want to say, I want to say J.K. Simmons' best role See, I, I think that's a hard thing to say because I think he's such a good actor and he's done so many good parts. I know. By the way, your your script does say conservatory, so I will, you should have stood your ground there because I, I'm sure the word is meant to be conservatoire, but that's not what they wrote on here. So it's not. No accent. So you should have said conservatoire. Well, it also spelled differently. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, J.K. Simmons has uh, done, um, I mean, to, to say this is his best role. Maybe maybe. he's given the most presence in this one. But given that he's been in La La Land, Juno, uh, Spider Man, (laughs) he was uh, J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) That is what I was comparing with. He has played both J. Jonah Jameson in Spider Man, and he has played, um, and he's been in two different. Cinematic Universe is playing Spider-Man, hasn't he? Because is mm. he not uh, playing he's tra- he's Jameson? He's, he's
1: played in the original Sam Raimi films. He's yeah, across to the uh, the MCU now. Yeah, wow.
0: and he's played Commissioner Gordon in the Batman.
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: Yeah, so he, he just doesn't care. He he has no respect it, at all for the for the different camps. And he <laughs> this up this upsets um, Max no end.
1: <laughs> I liked him. as Commissioner Gordon, actually. But yeah, but I didn't I'm, think you liked I'm him biased, crossing. I'm he was in just Justice like League. Simmons.
0: You know, and he was just, but anyway. But he's done so many other things as well. Uh, yeah. So, um, anyway. But uh, well,
1: his 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 presence in this one as this sort of overbearing music teacher who drives a student played by Miles Teller crazy is just—it's so intense, and it feels almost like he's shouting up in your face when he's shouting at his
0: students. <laughs> yeah. Um. He's got a film coming out, and I saw a picture, and he he ain't half looking buff. He's 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 been doing some oh, press he, he ups. Got,
1: he got really in shape for um the Commissioner Gordon role
0: as well. Okay. I can't remember what the film was now but but there was something that, it might, would it have been something with Sylvester Stallone? Mm. Um I can't remember now. But anyway, uh, yeah, he was there and he looked like he'd been pumping. Yeah, uh,
1: he's but, I mean it's, if you look at his forearms on this one He's, yeah, uh, he he's, he's, was already in, in shape when this film came
0: he's, out. He's well. got drummer's arms, has yeah, he? Yeah, he does. He's got drummer's <laughs> arms. That's needed, that is. Uh, yeah, and uh, of course, he won an Oscar for this yeah. role, didn't he? Supporting role, best, yeah. best supporting actor. Uh, of course, and
1: Damien Chazelle, who's, uh, like you said, he, yeah, La La Land, uh, well, he went and did La La Land as well. Uh, First Man with Ryan Gosling, uh, the one about. Um, First Man on the Moon. Oh, about Neil Armstrong, wasn't Yeah, Neil Armstrong, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was another really good one as well. So I think as a director. He's, um, he's really good at what he does.
0: This is Damien Chazelle, the yes, director of Whiplash. Yeah. Okay, that's Whiplash, which is on uh, Tuesday, the 20th of December. Great movies, 9pm. I noticed no Christmas movies. Oh, y- yet think again <laughs> Wednesday the 21st of December 5 star 10pm pain and gain okay this isn't a Christmas film no, no. <laughs> uh, this film by Michael Bay tells a story about a trio of
1: bodybuilders in Florida who uh, get caught in an extortion ring and a kidnapping scheme that goes terribly wrong uh, this stars um, Mark Mark Wahlberg Marky Mark you might know him as oh yeah uh, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson who a friend of the podcast Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> and uh, Anthony Mackie as the, the trio of bodybuilders who pretty much uh, they start going to the same gym and then uh, get together to decide to uh, start extorting and kidnapping people. Uh, this film is—it's just—it's. I mean, it's by Michael Bay, and it's very bombastic. Uh, it is supposedly based on a series of real events about people who who worked at a gym in Florida and decided to do this. But uh, from what I've read online, it very much seems to uh, dramatise them and make them uh, far more over the top than they really were. But there are there are some some real. Uh, some real scenes in this i think the humor is really good in this one uh and the three the three leading men all bounce off each other so well that's not a joke about bodybuilders no okay that sure but they, but they do like the back and forth between all of these characters is really good i think this is one of uh one of dwayne's uh, better roles
0: okay yeah all right um that's pain and gain by the way jk simmons it's not it wasn't stallone it was the rock he's been working out with the rock really yeah um and uh so uh Are they yeah. invite you next you, you, well, I, I I don't want to embarrass him with my bench pressing. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, the the um apparently he's playing uh, Santa Claus Co- Santa Claus in a comedy called Red One which comes out possibly oh, next year. Is that a
1: sequel to um Is it a sequel to Red? Oh they did it wasn't Red, they did is it Red Notice? The he, the one he did with Ryan Gosling on Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, get my Ryan's mixed up
0: i think it was red notice wasn't
1: it red notice would it be a sequel to that one
0: uh maybe ah. maybe it is uh, but yeah and he plays a he plays yeah, like a big beefed up santa apparently jk simmons and i was in the picture of him <laughs> i and, can't you know, believe for a man who's 67 he's
1: looking fairly good i it. can't believe they suck me in because i actually want to see that it, it worked <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: up in um, yeah uh so he's not jolly and fat anymore he's now lean and ripped <laughs> Uh, there you go so uh, that's um, that was the film uh, Pain and Gain Pain anyway game. which sounds delightful uh, 5 star 10pm on Wednesday the 21st of December Max this is like the, the week before Christmas where are your Christmas movies Merry Christmas to everyone
1: here is the greatest Christmas film uh, ever made what uh, Muppet Christmas Carol Huh? Muppet Christmas Carol oh close it's Die Hard
0: <laughs> Thursday the December the 22nd ITV1 11.15pm Die Hard now Bruce Willis has recently said this is not a Christmas movie he's wrong okay it is a Christmas film it came out in July
1: huh didn't it come out in July
0: it it, did come out in July
1: even then it doesn't matter it's not about when it came out it's about how the film was received Die Hard is I'm going to point to this right now Die Hard is running on TV three days before Christmas that means it's a Christmas film if it's playing around then Five um, Pain and Gain is on four days
0: before not a Christmas movie (laughs) it's a Christmas film
1: Florida is the most Christmassy state you can think of, <laughs> but it is Die hard. it, 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 it is the the plot cannot happen without things without people gathering at Christmas. It is tied around and it has to. And I know people say, people say things like, "Oh, but what about if if the film if everyone gathered at the Nakatomi Plaza because it's Halloween instead?" But even then, it wouldn't be. There wouldn't be the ho ho ho. I have a machine gun line. There wouldn't be the Christmas party. There wouldn't be the whole. The themes of family that are coming up in there. Die Hard is a Christmas film and I shall
0: hear no more of it. Okay, well, the guy who wrote the screenplay, uh, Stephen E. D'Souza, has weighed in on this. Have you heard of the. Wait, well, actually, no, I'll wait if he's on my side I'm not and argue with it. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> you're about to slate him, are you? Are no, you're to no, no. slate him. I don't know. Because he compares it to White Christmas. Uh, he says that uh, Die Hard takes place entirely in the Christmas holidays uh, while only the first and final scenes of White Christmas are set during the holiday season the entirety of Die Hard is also at a Christmas party while only the end of the 1950s classic White Christmas is set then Uh, and uh, he said uh, also there are four Christmas songs in Die Hard whereas there are only two in White Christmas and in Die Hard the party venue is threatened by terrorists while the one in the earlier movie is threatened by foreclosure uh, and, uh, yeah, um, he said, um, that they are. It would seem that I, the director was right. Yeah. So there's a and... checklist here of whether or not a, a film is, uh, a Christmas movie. And, uh, you can, you can answer, okay? So, takes place during a Christmas holiday? Yes. Uh, setting is a Christmas party? Yes. Uh, number of Christmas songs? We just answered that. Four. Four. Uh, party venue threatened? Yep. Yep, Uh, a broadcaster in it with a hidden agenda. Mm -hmm. There is um, a German ringleader. Yes, there is. Because in in White Christmas, (laughs) it was Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Uh, Government incompetence.
1: Yep, yep, yeah. They they send in they send in the uh, the APC that gets you know.
0: Yeah, in White Christmas, uh, the Pentagon fires General Waverly. Body count in Die Hard is. Do you know what it is? Three. I'm holding up f- fingers here, and he's not looking properly. Is it five? 24. Yeah, I was just hold up a two I, and a three. I was going to say tw- I was going to say twelve, to be honest. But twenty four My guess was two- but twenty-three. Yeah, White Christmas. Do you want to guess what the body count is in White Christmas? The Bing Crosby classic. 23? one hundred and twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> they, if you include the Battle of the Bulge, which is in in there, somewhere. Um, I thought you set me up for all the similarities there, yeah. there for a minute. And then, uh, and then, is there some kind of gift of the Magi like selfless sacrifice? Yes, yeah, running barefoot over broken that, glass. That's perhaps, the exact yeah. thing I was going to mention. Is him running barefoot over glass was yeah. my was my yeah. selfless move. From so from there you play. go. So apparently, if it if it fulfills all of those things, then yes, it's a Christmas movie. Well,
1: we, you know what? We've ended the debate uh, here on the on the film podcast. We have ended the debate. Die Hard, in fact, is a Christmas film. And you can celebrate that by going to watch
0: it uh, on ITV1 at 11.15, Thursday, December 22nd. There you go. Uh, Rounding off another edition of the uh, film guide. Max, thank you very much. That's it from Max for the year. But Max will be back in January with more film recommendations, I hope. Looking forward to it. 2023, let's
1: bring on uh, even better films.
0: Let's give it a try.